Hallelujah, Christ is risen. 
He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Greetings, people loved by God. Welcome everybody to worship on this, the sixth Sunday of Easter. Uh, this is, of course, also Mother's Day, so we wish all our mothers a very happy Mother's Day this morning. We thank God for you and for all that Christ has done through you and the love that he shows through you as well. For our friends who are worshiping online or who are worshiping on the radio with us, a reminder that you can go to our website, which is chapelofthecross.org. There you will find the bulletin for the service under the resources tab. You may also give your offering to the Lord under the give tab. <clears throat> Just a few announcements to share with you uh, before we begin worship today. Mike Miller from Day 3 Seeds had planned to be here today on this uh, to have a special Mother's Day plant sale in support of Day 3 Seeds. Uh, that had to be canceled because Mike's truck uh, broke down and he couldn't get, a, couldn't get that fixed in time so that he could bring the trailer up with the plants. Uh, but if you would still like to support the ministry of Day 3 Seeds, and I encourage you to do that, uh, you can give a gift for that ministry through the envelope in the pew rack. You can just mark on it, Day 3 Seeds, and put that in the offering plate or uh, bring it to the church office. And uh, that support for for that ministry would, would go a long way, and that would be a, a wonderful thing to do. This upcoming Thursday, May 18th, we will be blessed to celebrate the, the ascension of our Lord. We will worship together that Thursday night. Worship starts at 6.30 p.m., and we'll, of course, share a Holy Communion as part of that service, too. I invite you to come to church this Thursday, May 18th, 6.30 p.m., to celebrate the ascension of our Lord. Our chapel traveler's trip to Branson is June 6th and 7th. Uh, there is a pre-trip meeting for all those go going. That will be next Sunday, May 21st, following this late service. Uh, that meeting will take place here in the sanctuary. Uh, that short meeting will cover things like room assignments and itinerary details and any questions that attendees might have. Um, if, if participants have any kind of questions, uh, certainly bring them that day, or you can, I'm sure, talk with Ken Kreitner or Bill Resnick before then. Uh, just so you know, there's, there are two spots left uh, for that trip. So if you've got nothing going on on June 6th and 7th and want to go on a wonderful trip, let either Bill or Ken know, and they'll sign you up. Starting Wednesday, June 7th, we'll be holding evening prayer uh, throughout the summer that takes place in the prayer chapel on the first and third Wednesdays of the month throughout the summer. Again, that starts ne uh, on, the, on Wednesday, June 7th. Service is at 6 p.m., and we ask you to join us for that evening prayer. More information is in your chapel weekly. And chapel summer choir will begin rehearsing on Thursday, June 8th. Rehearsals are at 7 o'clock in the evening on Thursday nights, and that runs through the the rehearsals run through the end of July, and I, um, the choir sings through through August. And even if you're not in the regular choir during the reg, uh, regular part of the year, you are invited to join the summer choir. Sign-up sheet is at the Welcome Center. If you've got any questions about that, uh, please go ahead and talk with Ryan Meyer. He'd be very happy to talk to you about that. And as you know, Chapel of the Cross was assigned a vicar by Concordia Seminary to serve here and to learn over the next year at Chapel of the Cross. Vicar Brett Arismith will start his vicarage this July, mid-July. And he and his wife Kelly and his girls Madison and Riley are here this morning. They've been with us all morning. They were here last night as well. Uh, this is the third service for the girls to sit through. So, so good job, girls. You did, you did really well. Um, I ask if, Brett, if you wouldn't mind coming forward and just introducing yourself a little bit to everybody. Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, God's blessings to you. So uh, you would think doing this three times I would have had my speech 
remembered, but I do not. And uh, so I'm just kind of going to wing it a little bit in case some of you have been at these other services and have already heard it. Uh, I'm already seeing someone familiar back there that I know. <laughs> so don't, uh, don't be reporting any of this. Um, so yes, uh, my family and I are, are here today. Uh, my name is uh, Brett Aerosmith. My wife is Kelly and our daughters, Madison and Riley. And uh, we come from the southwestern part of Missouri, a little town called Neosho, which if nobody knows where that's at, that's uh, close to Joplin, Missouri. Um, so uh, Kelly and I have been married for the last 16, going on to 17 years. Um, Madison is 10, Riley is eight. Uh, we moved up here a couple of years ago uh, for uh, me to attend this seminary. Um, thankfully, the girls get to stay close by as they attend uh, Captain Elementary, uh, which is definitely a blessing within itself, especially when I get that lovely phone call that they're sick, that I don't have too far to go, and I can still make it back to classes. Um, but uh, we wanted to come definitely to tell everybody how thankful we are that you have invited us and have given us the opportunity to serve within this, this beautiful church for the next year. I know that I'm going to learn a lot and do a lot, and I look forward to that ministry. Uh, but I did want to let everybody know, since you're seeing me today, that you probably won't get to see me again for at least another month or so. Uh, after classes in this semester, I will be uh, thankfully taking the opportunity to go over to Israel and be able to see a lot of those great and wondrous and marvelous things that we read about all the time within the Bible. So I will be over there for a couple weeks learning um, and uh, getting to experience what our Lord got to experience some over there. Uh, on my return, I will be in a class for another couple, two weeks. Um, I was hoping to take a few classes to kind of get a jump start on my fourth and final year at the seminary. But then hopefully mid-July, I will be here and be afforded the wondrous and marvelous opportunity to be with you, to learn hopefully each and every one of your names and that you get to know my family and I more as well. Um, but yeah, that's a, a little bit about myself. And like I said, again, thank you for uh, inviting me and giving me this opportunity. Thank you. Thanks, Brett. We certainly wish you guys blessings to you and your family, and, and we'll be praying for you as you finish up the semester and as you have a big, uh, pretty busy time before you come here to serve. And, and you'll be busy here too, for sure. <laughs> so, but we'll, we'll be praying for you as, as, you, uh, as you finish up over at the seminary. Our uh, elder for this weekend is Paul Brahmeyer. Paul is um, standing right there. He's going to greet you at the back door as you leave today. Get to know Paul as one of your elders here at Chapel of the Cross. God's blessings to you as we worship together. Before our opening hymn, uh, the solos will sing our call to worship. And, and before that, though, we will greet one another in the peace of the Lord. So we stand, one another, stand and share the peace with each other.
In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Jesus said, because I live, you also will live. In him we live and move and have our being. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, seeking his forgiveness through our risen Savior, Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, creator of all that was, is, and will ever be, we confess to you that we fall short of the calling that we have received from you. As your dearly loved children, we have often struggled to share the reason for the hope we have in you. We have not always responded to others with gentleness and respect. We have failed to live and share the love we have received from you. Forgive our sins for Jesus' sake and lead us to live lives that reflect your presence in our hearts and lives. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us. And for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. To those who believe in Jesus Christ, he gives the power to become the children of God and bestows on them the Holy Spirit. May the Lord, who has begun this good work in us, bring it to the completion in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. first reading for today is from the 17th chapter of Acts. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, 
he was greatly distressed to see that the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and the God-fearing Greeks as well as the marketplace day by day with those who happened to be there. A group of Epicurean and Stoic philosophers began to dispute with him. Some of them asked, what is this babbler trying to say? Others remarked, he seems to be advocating foreign gods. They said this because Paul was preaching the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. Then he took him and brought him to a meeting of the Arabics and where they had said to him, may we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting. You are bringing some strange ideas to our ears and we want to know what they mean. All the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there spent their time doing nothing but talking about and listening to the latest ideas. Paul then stood up in the meeting of the Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walk around and look carefully at the objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, To the unknown God. Now, what you worship as something unknown, I am going to proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by hands. He is not served by human hands as if he needed anything because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. From one man he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth and determine the times set for them in the exact places where they should live. God did this so man would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from them or from each of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. Therefore, since we are God's offspring, we should not think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image made by man's design and skill. In the past, overlooked such, in the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. For he has set a day when he will judge the world and with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to all men by raising from the dead. This is the word of the Lord. The second reading is from the third chapter of 1 Peter. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer from what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be frightened. But in your heart set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. It is better if it is God's will to suffer from doing good than from doing evil. For Christ died for sins for all, and the righteousness for the unrighteous to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. 
through whom also he went and pre preached to the spirits in prison who disobeyed long ago, when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. In it only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a good conscience toward God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him. This is the word of the Lord. Please rise for the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 14th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. If you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father, and, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Before long the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day you will realize that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has, has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated.
Hallelujah. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Happy Mother's Day to you. This is that day, of course, that our nation has set aside to, to honor and to celebrate moms. And it's a day that we come here to this place and we give thanks to God for the gift of mothers. We thank him for their love and we thank him for their commitment and their patience and their perseverance. Mothers, we thank God for you on this Mother's Day. And I, I fully understand and I realize this is a secular holiday. It's not a church holiday. It's not a festival in the church calendar. It's why when you open the bulletin, it says sixth Sunday of Easter. It, on it doesn't say the Sunday of Mothers on there. But still, it, it just so happens we have a pretty appropriate passage for a sermon on Mother's Day because it talks about love. That gospel reading, it's not talking about a mother's love. It's not talking about our love for mothers, but the love for our Lord which then moves outward from him so that we can love one another, including love for mothers, including mothers' love for us. Listen again, just a few verses of that gospel reading appointed for this day from John chapter 14. Jesus said, If you love me, you will obey what I command. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. That's pretty upfront, isn't it? Straightforward. In fact, it's, it's downright blunt. If you love me, you will obey my commands. Simple. And really, it's, it's pretty demanding, don't you think? If you love Jesus, well, then you will obey Jesus. Now, conditional statements like that, if, then, you know, they, they have the tendency to kind of rub us the wrong way, I think. They make us feel a little bit uncomfortable, and it might even seem that it's a little bit manipulative. If you love me, then you will fill in the blank. It's kind of the thing that maybe a parent can use to put just a colossal guilt trip on their kids. Who hasn't done that? If you love me, you'll clean up that messy room. If you love me, you'll turn down that music. If you love me, you will come home for Mother's Day. <laughs> or at least you call. Right, moms? Or a husband might try to use that little phrase on his wife to kind of Grease the skids on getting something that he wants? If you love me, dear, well, you'll let me get that 75-inch big screen TV with surround sound and subwoofer, won't you? Yeah, that don't work. <laughs> or it's the kind of manipulation that unfortunately happens all the time in young romances. If you love me, you will not tell me no. So when we hear that little phrase, we maybe become a little wary. And <laughs> that's exactly what we hear in John chapter 14. In fact, they come from the lips of Jesus. If you love me, and it makes us a little uneasy, perhaps. makes us feel a little uncomfortable. I mean, we don't want Jesus to say that. 
want them to say something different. I mean, we'd rather have them say something like, well, because we have this love for one another, you know, why don't you take a shot at keeping those commandments of mine? Give the old college try. But I don't think there's a way to minimize this or ignore what Jesus says here. If you love me, you will obey what I command. Love me. Obey me. That's what Jesus said. And that's what Jesus meant. It reminds us that there is this expectation of Christian living as we are followers of Jesus Christ. There is a certain way that Jesus expects his people to live. He wants you and me to love. And he wants you and me to obey. But you and I have to know and we have to understand that there is nothing manipulative about any of this from Jesus. Jesus does not say, if you love me, because he wants to guilt you into something. He wants to force you into some kind of behavior that would be very good for him, but not so good for you and me. Now, his purpose is always for our benefit. His goal is that we would be formed, that we would be shaped into his image, to be conformed into his plan, so we would be made sons and daughters of God. And it's all for our good. But still, I think sometimes when we look at a phrase like that, when we see in that gospel reading Jesus saying, if you love me and you'll obey me, feel like he's kind of making some kind of ultimatum for us. You love me or else. Obey me or else. But really, that's not how our God operates. God only asks for the love of his people after they have experienced his love for them. I mean, think back to the children of Israel. They're in the land of Egypt, remember? They're in slavery and just a, a miserable existence and they're treated horribly. And the Lord has enough of that and so he raises up Moses. He calls Moses and he says, here, I've got a job for you, Moses. Take my people and lead them out of the land of Egypt and take them to the land that I have promised to them. And Moses, after he argues a little bit with God, Moses finally leads them out of the land of Egypt. And you remember, it kind of looked kind of bad for the people, didn't it? They're, they're coming out, they're fleeing Egypt, and all of a sudden there's, there's a body of water in front of them. The Red Sea is there. And they look to their left, and there's a, there's a mountain over there. And they look to the right, there's a mountain over there. And they look behind them, and here come the Egyptians. They want their slaves back. They don't want to do all that work. And it, like a, it looks like a big tragedy is going to be happening there near the Red Sea. Either they're going to go back to slavery or they're all going to get slaughtered. But God is there. With all his love, he is there. And, and he, he opens up that sea and the children of Israel, they go across that sea on dry land and then God destroys the enemy. And it's then when God comes to his people and God says, you have seen my love, haven't you? You've seen my care. You, you have seen my protection. You have seen my blessing. Now I will be your God and you will be my people. I will love you and protect you and comfort you and strengthen you and bless you. You will be my people and you will love me with all your heart and all your mind and all your strength. 
There's when he asks for their love. Only they, after they have seen and experienced his love in the first place. And the children of Israel said, oh, you know what, Lord, that sounds like a pretty good deal to us. You will be our God and we will be your people. You will love us and because you have shown your love for us, we will love you back. And I don't think the Lord has changed his approach. He approaches us just like he approached those children of Israel. In the land that, that we are living in, it, you can call it a land of slavery too because we're living in a, a land of sin that affects us every day of our lives. And it can be a, just a, a rotten land. It can be a, an awful land, a hurtful land. And sometimes it seems like there's no escape from that land of sin. But God is here. God is here in this land, right here in our land of sin. And his love is here. St. John tells us earlier in his gospel, he says, in this you see God's love, that he sent his son into a sinful world. And John doesn't stop just right there because he tells what that son does. He goes to a cross and he becomes a sacrifice for all of his people. And you know how he did it. You know his love, how he sacrificed himself. How he was obedient to the Father. How he surrendered his own life for ours. You know his love. How he was born for us and how he lived for us. How he died for us. You know his love for us. How he went to the cross for us and took our sins upon himself. You know that love of his. How he rose from the dead on the third day. How he gave us the gift of heaven. You know that love. That special love. That love that he has for you. You know it. Jesus says in our text, he says, He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. And oh, how he shows himself to us. He points us to that cross and he shows us himself. And from that cross pours down all of God's love. I've loved you with an everlasting love, he says. With all of my love, I have forgiven you. With all of my love, I've opened heaven for you. That's God showing you his love. That's God talking to this sinful world, to you, to me. And it's only after people like ourselves have seen that love that God comes to you and to me and he says, now you've seen my love, haven't you? And you you've been to the manger. You've been to the cross. You've seen that open an empty tomb. You've seen my strength and my comfort and my blessing. I will be your God and you will be my people. I will love you and I will bless you. I will make you a blessing and you will love me and you will obey me. If you love me, you will obey my commands. And we say, oh, yes, Lord, that's a deal. You love me, and I will love you, you and I will obey. And then a few minutes go by and kind of mess up. A few minutes go by, and we fail him somehow. And a few more minutes go by, and we get, we get busy. And that love that we profess for him, maybe that doesn't seem to matter to us so much anymore. But you look at what our Jesus does. He says, however many times 
that you fail. However many times you fall away from me, however many times you fail me, I will never fail you. I will always love you. In fact, nothing, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate my love from you. <laughs> what a love. That's a love that causes us to love him back. That's a love that calls us to no longer just live for ourselves, but to live for him, to obey him, and to live for others, to love them. That's the kind of love that allows us to love him and to obey our Lord just as he has called us to do. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Would you please stand with me as we confess together our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed as that's printed for you on page 8 of your bulletin. Together we confess our faith. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. You may be seated as we gather our offering to the Lord.
We stand for prayer. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Heavenly Father, though we are unworthy of your grace, it is your delight to love and to redeem us. Help us to walk worthy of the love that you have revealed through your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious God, because of our Lord's birth, holy life, and perfect obedience, and his death and his resurrection, you have counted us worthy to be called your own children. Help us to reflect this gift in lives of holiness and purity. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, bless those who lead us in this and every land. Guide us in the pursuit of freedom, justice, and peace for all people everywhere. Bless also the leaders of our synod, our district, and of this congregation. Help us all to rejoice in our baptismal calling and in the vocations that you have given to us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, it is your will that all people might come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Inspire our witness to him, and by the Holy Spirit, open hearts that are hardened by sin and the devil, that all may know the power of his forgiveness and the hope of his resurrection. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O Lord, you have provided us with the gift of family. On this Mother's Day weekend, we thank you in particular for the gift of mothers. Bless those who have shown us a mother's love and nurtured our lives from childhood. Bless and protect all mothers who are pregnant, all those who have suffered miscarriage or the death of a child, and all those who have yearned for a child and yet live with the pain of this unfulfilled longing. We do thank you, Lord, for giving us your tender mercies through the blessing of mothers. May every mother's home be a place of your love and your peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious Lord, we ask that you bring peace, healing, and strength to the sick and to the suffering, to the aged and to the dying. We especially remember this day, Diane Hurst, Marlo Johnson, and Tara Riemann. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious God, we give praise and thanks along with those who are celebrating special milestones and joys, especially George, Eurus, and Jamie's virgins, as they all recently celebrated birthdays. Heavenly Father, we ask that you continue to bless them, both in faith and in life. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And we praise and thank you, Lord, along with those who are at this time graduating from elementary school, high school, and college. As these graduates look forward to opening a new chapter in their lives, we ask for your continued blessings upon them. Help them use their talents and improve their abilities to your glory. Bless their growth in grace and in faith and give them ample opportunities to serve you and your people in this world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is truly good and right that we should at all times and in all places give you thanks, O Lord, Holy Father, almighty and everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who by his willing sacrifice on the cross took away the sins of the world and by his glorious resurrection restored everlasting life. Therefore, with all the saints on earth and the hosts of heaven, 
we praise your holy name and join their glorious song. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us ever to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples. And he said, take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink of it, drink of it all of you. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. This do as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
We stand. Now may this eating and drinking keep and preserve you in the true faith until life everlasting. Go in the Lord's peace and in his joy. Amen. Let's pray. O God, the Father, the fountain and the source of all goodness, who in loving kindness sent your only begotten Son into the flesh, we thank you that for his sake you have given us pardon and peace in this sacrament. And we ask you not to forsake your children, but always to rule our hearts and our minds by your Holy Spirit, that we may be enabled constantly to serve you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. We remain standing as we sing our recessional hymn together, God's Own Child, I Gladly Say It. Mm -hmm.